FTX was a washout moment, really. It not only impacts the credibility of the exchange business, but really the industry as a whole. Welcome to Lion Tree's 2023 Outlook series. I'm Laura Clinton with Kindred Media, and this year we'll be presenting sector specific overviews from our Lion Tree managing directors leading up to the January 17th release of Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with public markets lead Leslie Mallon. We are here with Adam Judd, our head of crypto and Web3 here at LionTree, in addition to his work in sectors like media, fintech, sports, audio, and retail. Adam, obviously, we have to talk about all the FTX drama. How do you think that this FTX fraud scandal impacts the credibility of other cryptocurrency exchanges? FTX was a washout moment, really. And in a way, it's honestly good that they collapsed when they did and the fraud didn't continue any longer. It not only impacts the credibility of the exchange business, but really the industry as a whole. But on the exchange side, it'll hopefully be a net positive. And I say that obviously outside of the fact that a lot of people lost a lot of money, which is awful. It's put a renewed focus on ensuring proper backing for assets held on exchanges and has pushed a lot of the larger exchanges to proactively open their books and give customers a view into their balance sheet and backing to establish further confidence. And I think that's a good thing. But clearly, we should not be relying on crypto CEOs posting balance sheet figures on Twitter as a proper system for customers to gain confidence. And hopefully as part of the new regulatory regime that is forthcoming, we'll see a real process around protecting consumers. Do you think that U.S. regulation of cryptocurrency is coming in 2023? And if so, what do you think that it will look like? And do you think it needs regulation? Yeah, so this is the question, obviously, that everyone's asking. My view is that regulation needs to happen, full stop. If you deposit capital somewhere, in the case of an exchange or you have a stable coin, there needs to be proper backing for those on-chain assets. And those companies providing those services should be audited accordingly. At the same time, regulation should not exclude or preclude the decentralized protocols and services like DeFi. So we need to make room for those to exist and be able to operate in a seamless way. I think one thing that's clear is from a regulatory body standpoint, there seems to be momentum around both the CFTC and SEC jointly overseeing the space with certain digital assets like Bitcoin and Ether falling within the CFTC's regime and possibly other tokenized assets that maybe look and feel more like securities being governed by the SEC. And that generally makes sense. The key will be ensuring that we don't overstep from a regulatory standpoint. Many of the largest countries around the world are going to be rolling out their own regulatory framework as we get into next year. And at least from a U.S. perspective, it's important that the U.S. is seen as a friendly and fertile ground to build within the ecosystem so we don't push companies and talent abroad. And every country should really be thinking that way. And how do you see the industry trying to balance honoring the idea of decentralization while also making sure that there are regulatory components that are keeping everything clear and backed up for investors and for traders? I think ultimately it's going to look a bit like a 
bit of a barbell. And so on one side, you've got centralized platforms like exchanges, again, as a good example there. There's clear systems and oversight and audit processes that need to be put in place for those to work. On the other side, you've got the entire world of DeFi and other decentralized protocols. I think what needs to happen is the regulatory regime needs to be one where we are not making it overly burdensome for consumers or users to participate in those networks. And certainly, we don't want it to be burdensome for the operators of those networks, whether they're node operators or otherwise, can't make it overly burdensome for those to operate in an efficient way. How do you think that the fall of FTX, Luna, and these other crypto projects will affect the space in 2023? FTX and Luna, I would say jointly, probably mark the end of this current crypto hype cycle. The days of the crypto day trading pumps are probably gone. I'd say also the platforms that were relying on token incentives and self-referencing staking mechanisms are probably not going to last over the long term. And we've already seen them begin to fade. You know, we ultimately need products that people want to use built on chain. And so companies and projects need to think of blockchain really as an enabling technology and not the product itself. I'd say 2023 is about the crypto market being less of a hype machine and more focused on usable everyday use cases and products. Talking about NFTs, they've come under a lot of scrutiny recently. And I'd like you to take us through how that conversation has evolved over this year and what are the practical use cases you're seeing for NFTs today? When we started the year, we saw the boom of really NFT avatar profile pictures that was famously Board Ape Yacht Club and CryptoPunks was a project that had existed going back a few years, but really became prominent this year, as well as every other sort of adjective animal NFT project serving as your avatar. And those were all speculative assets. I think what's exciting and what we're starting to see more of over the course of this year, and certainly as we look into next year, are thinking of NFTs and really what they are, unique digital assets, leveraging the blockchain and NFTs as a technology to bring assets from the real world on-chain to create both liquidity for those assets, but really a digital system, digitally native system for asset ownership. These are the basics of the blockchain, taking an asset, representing that asset on a distributed ledger with a smart contract to represent its underlying characteristics, which might be cash flows, for example. As we look into next year, I think the intersection of NFTs or even fungible tokens with real-world assets is a trend to follow closely. And the projects that work really well in Web3 are the ones where Actually, the user oftentimes doesn't even know that they're engaging on chain. You know, an example of that would be so rare is a portfolio company of Lion Tree. It's a fantasy sports game, really, that's powered by digital player cards. And those digital player cards are actually NFTs. Now, if you were on so rare buying in cards and playing the game, you may not actually even know that you're engaging on chain. And I think that's another thematic for as I think about next year is more projects again that think about blockchain as the enabling technology, creating a more positive and engaging consumer experience than might otherwise be possible. I think it's safe to say that FTX was the biggest surprise in crypto in 2022. So heading into 2023, what do you want people to understand about the space and what to expect? I think people need to understand that crypto isn't necessarily all about hype. It's not necessarily all about 
making a maximum return in a shorter period of time. It's a really powerful technology if you think about tokenization as a technology primitive effectively. Take the creator economy trend, for example. If you think about the perspective of a creator today, they're often on TikTok and Instagram and maybe have a Substack or maybe a YouTube channel. So their followers are everywhere. And if you went to any creator, Laura, you're a creator, and I asked you, who are your 10,000 biggest fans? You probably couldn't even answer that question because your followers are everywhere. They're scattered. Maybe there's overlap, maybe not. With tokenized assets, creators can now have a direct relationship with their followers. And so if someone wanted to host an in-person event, for example, for all their followers, they can open it up to all holders of their token. Or maybe it's a Zoom call that's token-gated. But that token can serve almost as a distribution mechanism. In that case, just using that as an example, it's less about creators just selling tokens to their audiences as a pure cash grab, so to speak, as much as it is thinking about the token, again, like a technology primitive. Right. So many areas of crypto and Web3 have been focused on growth. How do you think that companies are positioned heading into a downturn, both from a funding and a growth perspective? So obviously, you need to separate, again, the two sides of the ecosystem here. There's sort of asset prices for the crypto market, and then you've got the companies themselves. And so on the, on the company side, it's really going to be a challenging environment for some time from a capital perspective. It's all about extending your runway, your capital runway to, if you can, late 2024 or even early 2025. And at the same time, if there are opportunities to play offense, either organically or even through M&A, it's becoming an increasingly interesting moment for that. And that's obviously what we do at LineTree day to day. Yeah. How are you advising the companies that you work with now to prepare and navigate this time? There seems to be two camps of companies. Obviously, a lot of companies in this ecosystem raised a whole lot of capital over the course of 2021 and even the first half of 2022. There are a number of high-quality companies that are well-funded and will continue to be well-funded with long runway extending out two to three years. They're in good shape, and they'll be the candidates to play offense. And then you've seen another companies with liquidity issues. We've seen companies come under pressure in other ways because of taint, you know, affiliation with certain companies that have gone under. I can tell you anecdotally, we were getting week-to-week more and more calls around more and more interesting situations. And so... As we look at the next year, there will undoubtedly be in-market, in-sector consolidation, even within crypto and Web3 ecosystem. I do want to take a minute to talk about the metaverse. Reality Labs' operating losses are expected to increase meaningfully in 2023. Do you think that Meta's strategy and this bet on the metaverse is worth it, especially heading into a recession? Do I think Meta's strategy is worth it? Maybe. They're probably as well positioned as anyone from a platform perspective. At the same time, they're in a moment where they need to focus on continued profitability and answer to their shareholders to some extent. And so continuing to invest heavily in their metaverse vision as they've laid out today may or may not be tough for them. They're also a centralized platform, which is important to point out in the context of this conversation. And I would anticipate them to continue to build in that sort of closed environment. On the other hand, you've got companies like Yuga Labs, who again, LineTree is an investor in, that are far down the path now of building a metaverse of their own and one that will be open for other projects to plug into. So we're almost certainly going to see immersive platforms launched that sit across the openness or 
decentralized spectrum, I like to call it. And the question is, how soon will these hit the mainstream? I think it's pretty unclear and frankly is a bit incumbent on companies and brands creating engaging experiences within these platforms as a pull. But the one thing that's clear is at the end of the day, year in and year out, we're spending more and more of our time digitally in increasing immersive environments. And in some ways, we've been partially living in the metaverse for a while now. And in other ways, we're kind of only seeing the beginning. Do you think that Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse project would have gone mainstream had he given the avatars legs? <laughs> well, if you remember back to last year when we hosted our Monday morning meeting firm-wide in Meta's Horizon meeting platform, I think it spooked everyone that we didn't have legs. So I think, yes, if they had legs, they'd have a billion users already. Totally different conversation. Had they taken the time to give them legs to stand yeah, that's, that's, on that's, in that's, a literal that's, that's and metaphorical sense. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tune back in on January 17th to hear Lion Tree founder and CEO Arya Burkov's annual Outlook interview with public markets lead Leslie Mallon. Available everywhere podcasts are found.